Welcome everybody! Happy Friday! Another beautiful day here in uh, Miami, Florida. I'm your host Mike Maccabee with MTIP Commercial Real Estate and I'm here today to talk about your favorite topic, commercial real estate. But in particular, today we're going to be focusing on finding buyers. How do you find buyers? How do you go about structuring uh, the opening of your escrow and starting the whole process of getting it to a close? That's what we're going to be focusing in today's discussion. I appreciate those of you guys joining on Instagram. Thank you very much for joining. I think this is going to be very insightful information for you guys to learn from. So, for those of you who do not know me, my name again is Michael Maccabee. I'm the founder of this company, MTIP Commercial Real Estate. We have an online university called MTIPU.com, which offers anyone from any walk of life the opportunity to learn how to get into and advance their career in commercial real estate. If you're a real estate agent in the residential side, commercial side, if you're a kid in college or in high school looking to start a profession, if you're in sales and want to advance, this is a great opportunity to help you get to a, not a six, but an opportunity to get a seven-figure uh, salary and income for yourself and for your family. So I highly recommend it. I've been doing this for quite a, a bit, a long time, uh, a little over 15 years. And... Uh, I take these Fridays, an hour or so every Friday, to devote to the general public some uh, of my personal time to give you guys some insight about our business, which is commercial real estate. So, with that being said, we're going to talk about today's subject. Again, it's about finding buyers for your deal. So, assume you have a deal, you got a property that you placed under contract. Now, what do you do? right? So if you've been following me for the last several weeks, we talked about, you know, from researching, identifying, prospecting, um, negotiating, contract law. We did a lot of stuff to get to this point, which is now you got officially managed to convince a seller, a property owner, regardless of what class of building, to put it under contract and you have a, now a set duration of time to either buy it, close on it, right? Syndicate it, assign it, or broker it potentially even um, by, by having it under contract. And we're going to talk about how to go about understanding what your best course of action is, and then the exact steps, step by step, what we do in our company here, what I teach my reps, um, to be able to dispose of that asset. So, here are six steps, very basic steps, to learn of how to dispose of an asset in your hand. And what I mean by dispose, I mean about it's selling a position or the entire asset into the deal. Now, for us, there are deals or opportunities that we really try to scope out to try to buy. But for the most part, the way we cash flow, the way we generate income in my business is we assign, syndicate, and wholesale a good majority of our deals. That's primarily how we make our money. And then if we can't do that, we rely on the brokeraging arm to brokerage commissions um, for those deals. So step number one, the very first thing you do once you get a deal under contract is you got to start creating what I call the book report, the offering memorandum. 
You want to take all of the information you ascertain from talking to the owner, the listing agent. You want to aggregate it and you want to create a magnificent, but not a basic, a magnificent marketing brochure, a website, anything that you can think of to glorify video footage, photography, 3D imagery, anything and everything to make this product, that's what it is, this property is a product presentable to a new person to come and acquire the deal from you. If you do not invest money, capital, time, effort, and making your product look amazing, odds are no one's gonna wanna buy it, right? It, it, it's across the board in any business. If you don't do a good job investing in your marketing, then people are not gonna be attracted to it. So that's step one of six. Step number two is you then, once you have this marketing package assembled, you gotta go look for active cash buyers. Those are the best number one ranked buyers or partners, even business partners, to syndicate or assign a deal to, okay? Even if you're trying to broker a deal, you wanna go after the cash buyer, the people with liquidity, okay? So we're gonna talk about how to locate these people, um, what resources we use to find them, uh, especially for those of you guys who are having a hard time finding buyers. If your product is worthwhile, I always say this, buyers, are like the facial hairs on my face. There is an endless amount of buyers in real estate. If there's a good deal, people will buy it. But the commodity, the article that we're, we, we hold so highly, the diamond, is the listing, is the product, is the property. So the, we put a lot of emphasis in spending time and money finding the product and less so. And I'm gonna go in detail on how we find it. Number three, we then initiate marketing the property to these buyers, right? So you made your contract, you have your marketing material, you identify a list or a group of buyers you wanna to solicit to, now you gotta actually solicit, right? So we're gonna go over how we solicit um, specific. Number four, signing the NDA and the non-circumvent, okay? So what does that mean? NDA stands for non-disclosure agreement. We talked about it last week. Basically, because you're conducting an off-market, that's what we do, off-market real estate transaction with a seller that now you have under contract, whoever you approach, okay? I do this with on-listing uh, deals too, if I put it on the market. Whoever I talk to, whoever I initiate a conversation with, that I offer them the proprietary marketing material I'm going to have them sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement and a non-circumvent agreement, which doesn't allow the proposed person or entity to either talk about the deal with anyone else without my consent or circumvent me and go directly to the source, to my seller, to try to finagle a deal, even though I'm under contract, okay? So that's a big, big must and everyone does it. Number five, so you at a point where they signed the, the NDA, you have a buyer or a set of buyers that are interested in your property, you now need to engage them with a new agreement. We talked about this last week as well. We, it's called the assignment agreement, all right? So it's another purchase and sale agreement for the contract you have on the property. And that happens in step five. Finally, the glory, the juice, the credit the closing, okay? Everything you work so hard for 
is really the last step, number six. That's when you get to get that wire transferred directly into your bank account and feel like king or queen pin, all right? So we're gonna break, we broke this down, we're gonna talk about these specific steps for you to really understand how we do it. So item number one was preparing marketing material. So again, we use Reonomy. Reonomy is our data provider for property information, commercial real estate throughout the entire country in the United States. They're a great resource. I highly recommend using them. Once we gather the information from Reonomy and a variety of other different sources, we then assemble what we call a OM, an offering memorandum, okay? This is a very common term in our business. It's basically a PDF file, a way for you to present all the information you aggregated in a branded, very hyper-focused, specific way that convinces, you're trying to convince someone to buy the deal, to make it look appealing, right? And after researching a ton of different companies, and believe me, there's a lot of companies out there, there is one in particular that we sought out called buildout.com, which is another highly recommended site that basically helps you not only prepare these beautiful various uh, marketing materials, but it also creates am amazing websites simultaneously for the actual product, for the actual property. So as you're typing in the data you got from the owner, from Reonomy, from other public resources, and you're aggregating it all, you're putting all of that into build out and you're making these beautiful marketing displays that are branded to your company. So when you present it, it has an identity. It belongs to me. From that point, we push on, okay, to create a variety of other types of uh, potential marketing materials. Like, for example, you want to generate a rent roll. You want to create a, 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 a assumption of projections for, for rental incomes, um, analytics of cash flow, uh, cap rate. Um, I'm blanking out, but all sorts of different numbers, basically, to show whether or not the deal cash flows, it's a good deal. You want to show your comps in that offering memorandum. All of these forms of templates can be structured right through your build-out account, all right? And the beautiful part about build-out is also that it syndicates that information that you create to a variety of different real estate platforms for you. So the beauty is you put all the information into build-out, it creates all these forms, you can then send it to whoever you want, or you can use their beautiful integrated website that it creates, send that to who you want, or both, and then lastly, it could take all that information and push it to websites like uh, brevitas.com, which is one of the primary resources we use to market our off-market listings. Another, another tremendous value for marketing uh, real estate deals. And I'm gonna talk about that. So in summary, buildout.com is where we use, we aggregate the data, we put it into buildout, we create our brochures, we create our website, and I digress. The second step, now that you have this beautifully presented package, this offering memorandum, you gotta go and find buyers. Now, a lot of you guys are lost when it comes to this step. How do you find buyers, especially if you're a company like MTIP that goes nationally, right? I'll walk into a market that I have 
no clue who's who, who the top buyers are, who's making all the moves, who the top brokers are, etc., etc. What we've done is one of the primary resources, right, is the same way we use Rianomy to prospect for sellers. We sat down with ourselves as a team and we realized who is the best candidate to buy real estate? Common sense. People that own real estate, right? So where do you find these people? Rianomy. The people that own the assets in the neighborhood are most likely, the, the highest likely, excuse me, to actually buy more of it because they already own real estate there. They have a uh, an established foothold in that market or sub-market and they have access to the bank's money because they have probably have a loan or maybe have equity or they may have a business there that bought that real estate, right? So that's the first place we look. We look in Rianomy, we go into Rianomy and we create a parameter. I don't know if you guys can see it on the map, but we create a parameter search close to the asset, I would say a few miles, and maybe by a zip code, a couple zip codes, or uh, if you want, you can even go based on the specific asset class and see everyone that's bought or sold that type of asset class in the last 45, 90 days. Why? Because in 45 days from that moment, those are the people that are looking to do what we call, again, a 1031 exchange. They have liquidity. They just sold an asset. They might want to refocus that money into a new asset, a new opportunity, and they got cash. It's guaranteed cash that they have to shove somewhere. So to be able to use Rianomy to filter a list of who recently sold in that vicinity that might want to transact, that's one way of doing it. Another way is just pulling what we call everybody that sold in the last, I would say, few years, take that list and solicit them, right? Everybody that's actively buying or selling, you can pull that list from Rianomy just as that way as well, without a, a major uh, indication to their credibility like with a 1031 exchange. Okay, the other idea, which is something we built internally is, and Rianomy doesn't offer this, but this is something we did with Rianomy's information. When you join MTIP, you get access not only to Rianomy and all this great stuff, but you get access to this extra, extra juice, which is we take the information in Rianomy, we throw it in our super calculator, and what it does is it ranks who the number one buyers are, who owns the most real estate, the most parcels in a specific area, regardless of a time frame, right? It's just you take this geography, rank, Who's the top, it's like Monopoly, who owns Boardwalk all the way down to the least? Who owns the most parcels to the least? And categorizes it that way. We pull the first 100, 200, 400, maybe 500 people, and that's how we create a list. And we solicit that list. Because those are probably the people that are the most active, right? The guys that bought the most are most likely the ones that are gonna buy more. So again, these are just ideas. Structured ideas that took us a long time to figure out how to go about and finding buyers that hopefully you guys can take for yourselves and utilize, especially if you're a nobody in a market. If you don't know anybody or no one knows you, what do you do? You hit Rianomy or you come find me by going to mtipu.com and signing up. Okay? So that's kind of the gist of how we find buyers. I'm going to go into a little more basic 
concept that's worked tremendously for me in our company. One of the first things I tell every rep that works with me or partner, I say, listen, have you, you great job, amazing. You got a listing, you got a deal under contract. Have you called the neighbors? They always look at me puzzled. The neighbors? What do you mean the neighbors, Mike? Yeah, the guy right next door, this way, that way, right behind, in front. Have you called them? No. Call your fucking neighbors. The neighbors are like prime juice. These are the people that are like oblivious to the fact in many, many cases, and I'm just take this for me because I've called a lot of owners in my life and I always ask them, it's one of my prospecting questions. Do you know your neighbors? Uh, no. But sir, you've owned the property for 20 years. You're telling me you don't know your neighbor? No, nope, never met the guy. Juice. When they say this to me, it's like the cream of the crop for me because that tells me that I have an opportunity to try to either go to the neighbor to try to buy their asset too and create what we call an assemblage play or plottage to create a bigger portfolio which is more appealing to many buyers, right? Because there's more land to develop or redevelop or for a user to take advantage. Or I can just use that as my entry point to say, hey, I'd like to buy your property, sir, too. And the guy says, no, go fuck yourself. I'm not interested in selling it. Then you say, okay, are you in the market to buy? Mm, buy, yeah. You see, people will always fall under one of those two things if you've been paying attention to me. I've been saying this. You're either a buyer or you're a seller. Or you're stuck in between for a momentary lapse of time, but eventually you're going to fall on one of these sides of the fence. So that same guy that said no to you, I don't want to sell, he could then say, yes, I want to buy. So always ask both questions. Definitely start with the sell, then push the buy to get into that conversation. Call the neighbors. Call the larger plot. Look at a map, uh, what we call a plot map. Uh, Google has it. Rionomy has it. It'll show you silhouettes. It'll show you boundary lines of the asset that you're trying to buy or you have under contract. And it'll show you whoever else is on the block. That way you can identify who's the larger parcel owner. Call them first. They obviously own the majority of the block. They can afford buying this little piece and they have an incentive because maybe they want to just take over the entire block. So that's really the first place you should go. Okay, another idea before I move on to the next step that uh, a lot of people ask me for and I say is you got a canvas, all right? Technology is great and I'm really the kingpin of marketing and technology and real estate and I'm a big advocate of it. It saves time, but nothing beats also boots on the ground. You have to dedicate time to actually physically go and canvas the neighborhood in which you're trying to, to sell that asset to. If you can't physically do it, all right, you're a top dog wholesaler, all right, uh, based out of one city and you're trying to hit properties outside of your city, you, you need to form, this is something that people overlook, but it's a very strong tool. You need to form allegiances with people in that local market, a broker, a, a buying partner, right? Someone that's an equity partner in your deal with you. Someone that has an interest and wanting to make money with you in that local market is essential. And that's part of team building um, that we emphasize here at MTIP. A lot of people don't do it. They try to go 
on the phone, close deals and call it a day. If you have a vested interest partner in that specific sub-market or market that can go boots on the ground, talk to the owners in that neighborhood, see who's interested in selling, who's interested in buying. After you have a deal on a contract, it really is a game changer in your ability to execute the actual assignment or the syndication on that deal. It's very, very quick. It takes a day, two days of legwork to actually go out and door knock and say, hi, you want to sell your building? No, okay, I got another building down the street in the area that we're looking to sell. Would you be interested in buying? So make phone calls. We're going to talk about marketing in a second, but canvassing is key. Walking the area is key. Okay, so I digress. We okay on time? Okay, so the next step is you've created this beautiful list of buyers with tools that I just explained, right? You're, you're buying data from Reonomy, you're manipulating that data, or you're canvassing physically, or you're telemarketing the data, right? But what we've done instead in our businesses, because we do, we're all about volume. Volume is the name of the game in this beautiful country. And the quicker you realize that, the further you're gonna get ahead. So what we do is we, we mass market, right? We want as many deals as possible, and we wanna do it efficiently. We don't have a giant team of people, but what I do have is a very large marketing budget, an extremely sophisticated marketing engine, and a very nimble but mighty team of people to execute on these deals. That's what I have today, and it's as if I have a fleet of 200 working for me, and this is why. I've talked about this in the past. Relying on technology today for marketing purposes is essential for your business. We strongly, heavily rely on SMS, RVM, email, marketing. Primarily the two top two, okay? SMS and RVM. I've said this in the past, SMS marketing has the highest conversion rate and what we call open rate for a marketing funnel. People look at text more than they look at anything. Notice that you don't even answer your fucking phone these days. You'd rather just read a text and reply. You don't go on Instagram watching this as much as you do hitting the text reply. So text is critical. The other thing is RVM, ringless voicemails. Ringless voicemails, again, are when your phone your phone gets a missed call, it drops, and then you get an automated message that was pre-recorded by your rep soliciting that specific asset to that list that you're catering to. And then you get a call back, okay? So that's RVM. And then email blasting, everybody knows email blasting, you blast an email and so forth. So what we've done is we're utilizing these three means of marketing to get in front of these buyers and to do it very quickly and to also talk to these people extremely, extremely fast, right? How long would it take you to ascertain reaching out to 500 people? Or whether that was physical calling one at a time using a dialer, but to get a hold of 500 people, it's a hard trick. You either need a team, okay, which a lot of you don't, or you need a tool, okay? Which is something I advocate for, you need a system. Um, so what we do is we take that Reonomy data, we internally forge an, uh, a beautiful designed hyper-specific list 
And then from there, we put it into these means of marketing and we reach out to these buyers. And then we have maybe a rep. I have one person talking to a thousand people. That's how easy it is. You can have that many conversations when you're doing text. Really hard to do that on the phone. Now, it's not just I send a text message and that's it. You got to have a systemized text messaging system. Okay? It's got to be like a beautiful funnel. I know a lot of you guys know about click funnels. You guys heard about click funnels online. It works. Okay? But the big difference is what we've done, right? I got a little announcement we're, we're going to be talking about in the, at the end of this, but what we've done is we've invested, we partnered with a marketing company to really build out a really sophisticated marketing engine that utilizes these technologies and others to not only solicit people to sell, to buy, to do a variety of things very rapidly, and it's an invaluable tool. So my recommendation is, A, if you don't have the money, partner up. Partner with someone like me. Partner with our company. We can help you. That's what MTIPU is designed to do. It's there to take anyone, really, it could be younger, older, no money, whatever. Whatever your financial condition, you're not tech savvy, you partner with me, I will give you access to these engines, to these tools, and you don't need to think about it, all right? And we can profit share if you want, we'll figure it out. I have a, a beautiful scheduled, a profit sharing schedule that can explain how we can partner up. If you want nothing to do with me, because you, you can't stand my voice or face, no problem. I will give you access to this new partnered system and you can use it yourself. The point is, use systems. Allow yourself to scale and to get to your objectives more efficiently through those systems. Do not rely on just the old analog knocking on doors or sitting there and making phone calls. Listen, heed my advice. Do not try to build a team of a ton of people either. Not smart. Take it from me. I've had a lot of people work under me. And I'm telling you guys, it is far better to invest in systems and technology, I'm sadly to say, than in building a team. I'd rather have a small, mighty, nimble, versatile team handling a very powerful tool, okay? So with that being said, that's how we market. If you want to learn more about how specifically these systems work, you can look at one of our other past videos that talks about prospecting. We go into great detail about each one of the systems we use for that. Again, there's plenty of, of SMS bulk providers or RVM providers out there today. It's becoming more and more popular to use. Now, a little disclaimer for the chicken shits out there that are really scared to use these systems. Let me explain something to you. Today, email marketing has become obsolete. And I mean obsolete because very few people open spam email. Okay? Why? And the federal government, the FTC, has been trying to regulate this for God knows how long. They fine people. They bark at people. But the reality is people are still blasting emails every freaking day. I'm getting bombarded by people like Grant Cardone 10 times a day. And I'm scratching my head, how does this guy get away with this? 10 times a day he's emailing me, right? I don't want to see it anymore, but everyone's doing that. And guess what? 
Not everyone got my approval to send me that fucking email, but I'm still getting it. What am I going to do? Stop my day? Oh, I'm going to sue this person. Let me tell you what the odds are because this is from someone that's been marketing for over 15 years. The odds of someone to stop their day to try to sue you, which would cost tens of thousands of dollars, okay? Really, not just in money, but their time, depending on who they are, is very slim to none. And if God forbid someone got an email, a text message, or a phone call that was accidentally solicited that slipped through the crack, what are you supposed to do? You call, sir, I'm ma'am, I'm very sorry. We'll definitely remove you from our list. That's all. That's all you have to do. Okay? Don't be scared. Being sued is a, being sued is a sign of a success. Don't be scared to be sued. All right? Don't be scared to be sued. I should make a fucking t-shirt with that. In any event, moving on. When it comes to using technologies and marketing and real estate, all right? So let's digress on to forming listings. Listings for your, your deal, your, your uh, closed contracted deal, your listing, okay? The number one resource we use in commercial real estate today is a company called Brevitas.com. Now, Brevitas is a great company, it's a young company. It competes against companies like uh, LoopNet, CoStar, and something a little more subordinate called Crexy, which is also a good company, good service provider. The problem with all those other companies in comparison to Bravitas.com, by the way, that's the, the link, Bravitas offers one massively, massively different thing. It gives you the opportunity to upload your listing or syndicate through build-out which is what we talked about a moment ago, right? The, the, the marketing material application that forms that, which can syndicate directly into Brevitas, it gives you the opportunity to solicit your listing as an off-market deal. What does that mean? It means that it'll create a listing online, just like you would go onto any other website like a Zillow or LoopNet and see a listing but it will not show the address of the property until the person A, signs up to Brevitas, B, signs an NDA or non-circumvent through Brevitas, and three, until and unless you give them access after doing all those things. And the beauty of that is it becomes a funneling platform to send all of your buyers to to be able to filter between the fakes, the reels, the whoever it is that you want to give the information to. Old school, before Bravitas, the way we used to do things was, if you were a broker and you wanted to, I, I bet a ton, most people do this today and they don't even aware of doing this, but this is what they do. They get a deal and they'll say, they'll call what we call the top of the heat, their first branded buyers, the people they know that are guaranteed buyers. They'll call them first and say, I have a deal. You interested? If they can't sell it to those, that little tiny group of buyers, they'll go a little wider. They'll cast a wider net. They'll call maybe a few brokers or a few broker colleagues in their office or uh, uh, outside of their office and say, hey, I got a deal. Do you have any buyers that fit this criteria? That'll be the next step. And then if that doesn't work, you know, and I'm going to make this quick, then eventually they'll put it online and try to broadcast it there. The problem is 
That's only going to work if you're a real estate agent with a listing, an exclusive listing agreement with an owner. What happens when you're a buyer that's put a deal under contract and you're trying to wholesale it? How do you solicit something without pissing off the owner and without whoring it out to the world? Because the second anyone finds out where that deal is located, guess what? You're a duck sitting in the water. So to avoid that, a lot of people keep these deals close under the belt, close to the ribs, because they're scared to divulge the information. So using a tool like Bravitas really alleviates this fear because it allows you to harness the data in a secure place, privatize it, right? Imagine a website that's just private and you're giving access to the select few that you want. You're gonna pre-qualify, filter, and guard that information before anyone sees it. You can also even automate this whole process. Here's how. Let me give you an example. This is a listing of a deal on Bravitas, okay? Notice that it's set to private. It talks about price and cap rate and it shows you analytical information about the deal and it shows you a dot in the general span of where that market is. It doesn't show you where the property is. It has a title for it, but here's the catch. Notice on the right, it doesn't even show who's soliciting the deal. So my name is not even, even though it's my deal, I have it under contract, no one knows it's my deal. No one knows what the deal is. They just know the general facade of a deal. So what do they do? They're either gonna naturally through the Bravitas engine, look at it and inquire, or what we do is we proactively, like I talked about earlier, we go after a specific list of buyers. Using the Rionomy data, using the marketing material that we put together, plugging it in Bravitas, and then launching a campaign, a marketing campaign, through text, through ringless voicemail, through email, to get people to this specific website, this what we call, what I would call a landing page, to get them interested in learning more. And the second they click on this button, request info or download an offering memorandum, it's gonna prompt them to say, whoa, 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 who are you? Give me your name, give me your number. Give me your email. I want to know who you are, what you're about before I even wanted to tell you who I am or what this deal is about. Now you might be scratching your head and saying, why would anyone want to do that? Let me explain. Remember the hair analogy I said? Deals in real estate are the commodity. It's the hot thing. If you have a deal, you're king or queen pin. Everybody's going to want that deal, especially if it's a good deal, okay? You guys overlook this point because you're either haven't been around long enough in any market in the world, I would claim to say, there's only about half a percent to three, four percent of that market population of properties available for sale. So if you work so hard and you got a deal in that market, you're one of the, the elite that has control over an opportunity for that person to inject their capital into and make money off of. So understand, a lot of people are interested in the deal that you're offering. Without this deal, okay, without them having an opportunity, they would make no money. Always keep that in mind when you're selling something. You are the controller. 
You're the one that holds the leverage. You are the decision maker. Without you, there's no buyer. A lot of people, when they're trying to sell a product, they think about the buyer, the buyer. You're right, the buyer matters. Making sure you're, you're offering something that looks good, smells good, tastes good, feels good, just good, is important. But now that you have it, understand, you're a very good cook, you made a very good meal, you did a very good job getting that deal, you now have control. It's like having a great restaurant, right? Once it works, people will wait out the door in lines for it. But if your restaurant stinks, you got a negative rating on Yelp, no one's gonna want this deal. So don't even worry about finding a buyer. The market will always dictate whether or not your deal is good. You can assume 15 different ways. Did I buy it at a good price? Did I buy it at a bad price? Does it need to be lower? Does it need... Nobody cares. The only thing that matters is you did all this work and you've done it enough in enough repetition, enough volume, that one of your deals is gonna hit and boom, you're gonna get paid. That's how this business works. That's what any business works. It's a volume numbers game. Statistically, you get enough of these situations, you're gonna close deals. I don't care how dumb or inexperienced you are. If you do it in repetition and repetition and repetition, you will make money. This is just one brilliant way to do it extremely efficiently, all right? And it allows you to do it, you can dump in as many listings as you want at a given time, you can solicit as many people as you want, direct them here, and eventually, with all of this hard work, all of this technology, ultimately you're gonna have to end up having a conversation. This is where you do need a team, this is where you do need someone, a personnel, a salesperson, a negotiator, preferably a seasoned one, to get on the phone and to crucify the buyer. Okay? Those of you guys don't know me and those of you few of you that do know that I'm very sweet when it comes to buying a property. I'm very courteous to the owner. But if you're a buyer trying to buy a property from me, I'm going to treat you like I have a dagger right real close to your throat and we're walking, waltzing through the process of the sale. That's how aggressive I am when it comes to selling an asset. And that's the way you should be too. Selling is very different than buying. Remember that. I digress. Okay, so you got the website, you built the Brevitas, great job, you went through all these steps. Now you got to filter through these buyers. How do you know who's a real buyer from a fake? How do you know who's wasting your time and who can actually close? The NDA does a great job in filtering people, okay? So if you, again, remember non-disclosure agreement, confidentiality agreement, non-circumvent agreement as well, you want to throw that at the buyer within the first five minutes of talking to them. You interested? Great. Sign this. If they say, whether your NDA is short, really long, if they say, I'm not signing an NDA, thank you so much. Have a nice life. Hang up the fucking phone. Walk out the door. If someone's not willing to sign in paper to protect your interest, then you know they're shady. Simple as that. Now, if you don't have a line of people or a group of people interested in your deal, you're A, doing a very bad job soliciting, or B, your product is shit. Okay, there's no difference, there's no in between there. It's either you're doing a horrible job or your product is doing a horrible job. 
Okay? So when you have a bad product, even me, I will bend. I will say, okay, I'll take some risks. I won't sign. If I have a long relationship with the buyer, a repeat business, okay, you don't need to sign. I trust you. That could happen. Either because you're desperate or because you have a long lasting relationship. But generally speaking, do not put yourself in a position of weakness. Make everyone sign on the dotted line. Okay? You are a tough negotiator. You are not scared of being sued. You are a relentless person. They are not. Remember these things. When you go out there in the battlefield and combat and try to buy and sell real estate. Okay? So get them to sign the NDA. It keeps them quiet. They can't talk to other people. You know if someone else heard about the deal that's not in that circle that you gave access to, someone did something not okay. And you can enforce that NDA. I've seen people do it. People have coughed up a good chunk of money because of these NDAs. Once you get them to sign, the next thing you're going to want to do is you want to create an assignment agreement. You want to create a written formal agreement between you and this new assignee, the person that's going to come in to the assignment, take over your contract. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. This is what, this is why I love what I do. Syndication and assignments amongst all the other different roles, brokeraging, rehabbing, developing, this particular role is so great because it gives you the versatility to pick what you want to do. And this is what I mean by it. I've structured deals, help people structure deals uh, that either they end up buying the asset using OPM, other people's money, bringing in equity, raising equity, bringing in a partner, right? I'm Mike, he's Joe, he's one of the buyers. I say, Joe, look, you got options. We're looking for someone to partner with us into this deal. I'm looking for cash, liquidity, a limited partner, someone that's just going to give me money and let me go play. I did a really good job. I'll let you come in at this basis with me, but I need your cash and that becomes my down payment to go buy the asset. Or I need a portion of your cash and we become partners in a different way. These structures, the waterfall structure, these structures can be negotiated. That's one strategy. Another strategy is where I'm not the general partner, right? I'm become the limited partner. I can go to the same guy, same buyer, Joe, and say, listen, you want to buy the asset? He says, yes, great. My assignment fee is, I don't know, $100,000 for argument's sake. Don't pay me in cash and take over the deal. Let me earn thy hundred through equity. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take an equity position, a minority stake position, a limited partner, let them close on the deal, take over the deal, and you become what we call a little wedge, right? You're the spaghetti on the wall. You're going to end up collecting rent passively while they go work to collect it for you. You're going to end up earning appreciation on their back because they put the money to close that deal. You did not. You're going to enjoy depreciation, right? My number one thing in real estate, depreciation to help mitigate the tax because you're a partner on that deal and you get a percentage of the depreciation. You're not going to get headache and you're going to have the ability to literally walk away and move on to the next deal without being trapped in that deal. This is another strategy you can do with the someone you're going to assign the deal to. 
So you could sell on the deal, collect a fee. Sell on the deal, take a portion of the fee in cash, a portion in equity. Sell on the deal, take all of it as equity. Sell on the deal, be the general partner, the decision maker, and just take their money and have them become silent, limited partners, or role reversal, one of the three. There's so many options, okay? So many options. That's what's beautiful about syndication. So what we do is we choose every deal, we choose what strategy we're gonna use. Are we gonna do any one of these things? Or if the product is uh, really, there's not enough margin, there's not enough profitability, worst case scenario is what we do is we end up brokering the deal and we earn 6% or less as a margin on the sale through the assignment, right? I go to Joe, it was a million dollar transaction. I say, listen, Joe, it's very tight. There's no way I can charge you uh, 1.5 million. Give me 50 grand, 5%, I walk away. But guess what? Even with that 50 grand, you can still try to do any one of those strategies too. Okay, so you gotta pick a strategy. Once you decide what your strategy is, you draft your assignment agreement because your assignment agreement is gonna be based on that strategy, how you're gonna solicit them. Regardless of what your end goal is, how you end up wanting to buy or sell this asset or partner with it, you have to do the following. If you have, let's say, 100 days of due diligence, you don't want to offer the new person your terms. You want to offer them way shorter terms, 15 days, one week, very aggressive terms on inspecting the deal. Because God forbid this guy doesn't perform, you're still obligated on their contract, you need to find another buyer, another partner, okay? So very aggressive on the due diligence. You wanna have the highest possible deposit when you open the deal, and you want it to go hard, you want that money to be released to you as quickly as possible, okay? In some cases, I've done this same day, and you do this a lot in residential because it's such cheap, simple deals but I've done this on smaller commercial deals where the same day I, before I even opened up uh, escrow, I said, listen, if you even wanna to talk to me, it's such a hot commodity, you gotta wire me X amount of dollars for us to engage and release that money to me, non-refundable. So the better your product is, the more of a dictator, the more of a Saddam Hussein you can become. If you have a good product, you can do whatever the fuck you want. If you have a bad product, and that's where things get foggy. So recognize this. Let the market decide. See how many buyers are engaging you, what their level of interest is, and that's gonna dictate how much you can actually charge, which leads me to price. Don't tell people how much your fucking basis is. Don't tell anyone, anyone. If you bought a building under contract for a million dollars, do not tell the new person you're about to sell it to how much you bought it for. People think that, well, I'm assigning the deal, I have to tell them. Yes, technically you do have to tell them, but the timing of when you tell them is critical. You can tell them after they waive maybe a initial uh, due diligence process, you got a little money out of them, you say, give me 50 grand, give me 100 grand, and then I'll tell you what I'm buying it for. Again, good commodity, people will do it. Bad commodity, people won't do it. So the, the point is, I don't divulge, I only divulge after, it's because the second you divulge the basis, this is common sense, if I tell someone I'm buy, I bought it for a million, 
they're going to say, whoa, you want to make $1.7 million? You want to make $700,000 on me? I'm not paying that. Even if they wanted to, if they liked it at 1.7, the reality is no one in their right mind is going to let you make $700,000 on their back without putting a dollar into the deal. It sounds heartbreaking. So what you do is what I call the salami effect. You slice it up. That big long salami that you want to ram down their throat, you chop it up into pieces. You say, go fish. Here's one piece. You like it? Good. Give me some more. Here's another piece. That's how you talk to these people. If you try to be aggressive, if you try to be too assertive with your price and demanding right off the bat, I say this when you're trying to buy a piece of real estate too, it turns people off. Price is something you need to reserve, hold close, and then negotiate and renegotiate at the right time. Okay? Don't divulge the price. When you do, do it in increments. Ask for a higher deposit. Make your due diligence at your closing before your actual contract's due diligence closing is due. Okay? Those are the key terms you want in your assignment agreement. That's critical. Outside of the other, term, uh, the other uh, terms that I talked about or strategies in the beginning. Now, we've paid tens of thousands of dollars to attorneys, sat down with many of them, strategizing to create these beautiful assignment agreements. People that join MTIPU, our university, that join MTIP systems thereafter, after they graduate, you get access to all of this. Okay? Now, I've been in the business and I've been looking around. I'm seeing people's assignments agreements. Most of them are one page. Okay? That's amateur fucking hour. Ours is about 20 to 25 pages. And the reason it's so long is because it's got layers of A, protection, B, sophistication. Okay? You always want to be the smartest guy in that room, in that negotiation. You want to have leverage. Okay? You need the tools to do it. A lot of you guys can't afford that. Join, partner, group. That's how you build and scale wherever you are. So with that being said, you have your assignment agreement. You managed in that assignment agreement to exchange favors, right? You got money, you got equity. You now has possession over ownership of that contract. You've assigned your position, okay? Now you can close. And what do I mean by close? Your deal with the seller, when you first started it, that still goes on. You just traded places with someone else. The real deal only started when you started to negotiate with the new buyer, the assignee or the partner. When you close that deal, that's when you get paid. A lot of you schmucks either close a deal and then resell it, which is called a double escrow. Bad idea. Don't do that. Or they allow for the, the closing of this deal to happen concurrently or right at or near the closing of your original deal. Don't do that. Unless you absolutely must, do not do that. Okay? The goal is to close it way before. Take your money, put it in your pocket, take your equity, shove it in your pocket, and move on to the next deal. That's the name of the game. It's about movement, transactions, forward, scale. Don't be stuck with a single track mind 
and allow the other person, the buyer, to manipulate you into a position of inferiority so that you have to hold its hand through that process. Don't lose your leverage. Stay strong. Be aggressive. Be assertively aggressive when you're dealing with that buyer. Okay? So, uh, those of you guys who don't know assignment fees, what's beautiful also about them in syndication, everything is fucking negotiable. It's whatever the market will bear. Unlike being a broker, which I call the used condom syndrome, you're stuck with a few percentage points. You get a listing, they'll give you a point, two points, six points, and that's great money. I started my bread and butter in this business brokeraging deals. But once you get a little, little sniffle, a little hit of the assignment fees, you're never going to want to go back to brokeraging. The brokeraging is there to get you started, and once you graduate, is to lean on in case or God forbid you have a bad product or not as appealing product to sell in the marketplace or to joint venture or syndicate. Okay? So, when you're talking to buyers, something I didn't discuss, I'm going to say. Qualifying buyers, right? You want to ask questions like, what type of property are you looking for? What's your budget? How quickly can you close? Are you willing to cooperate with the terms I'm about to offer you? Like, I'm, I want equity in exchange for assignment. If, that, if you don't fit my bill, you're not my guy or gal. So you want to A, define what your strategy is, and then make sure you qualify these people that you talk to after they sign the NDAs with you know, uh, whether or not they fit the bill. Said that. So, in conclusion, I hope today's conversation, friendly little dialogue here on Fridays, helped you guys out, all right? We talked about how to find buyers in real estate, commercial real estate, syndication, assignments, brokeraging, how we do it here at MTIP, our brokerage, our firm, and hopefully you guys learn from it and can benefit from it and take advantage of the knowledge that was given today. Now, with that being said, I'm here for a reason. I'm sharing this information because I'm interested in meeting you and knowing you and networking with you. Anywhere around the world, if you're interested in real estate, commercial real estate, I want to know you. Head to mtipu.com right now, right after this broadcast, and enlist, roll, excuse me, sign up so that you can learn the fruits of my hard labor. I took 15 years to give you this perfect information that's guaranteed money for you and your family. So don't miss it. Head to the website. It's over 20 hours and that's just step one. We have an entire curriculum waiting for you after that. And last but not least, we're going to be launching, finally, in the next 30 days or less, we're going to be launching our premier marketing partner called OnePropertyMarket.com. That's the number one, PropertyMarket.com. It's going to launch within 30 days. I'm going to put a link out there for you guys. This is the website that is going to help you generate off-market seller leads anyone, anywhere excuse me, across the United States. Again, if you're interested in real estate, Go to mtipu.com, learn, that's your basis. If you want to start making deals, if you're an agent, if you're a buyer, if you're a flipper, whatever you are actively out there in the market and you want deals that are pre-qualified and delivered to you, 
then you're going to want to head to OnePropertyMarket.com. It's an unbelievable tool. It's extremely affordable and it's going to be available to you in less than 30 days. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Text me at my number. My number, that's me texting you back, guys. Okay, it's me or one of my guys here in the office. But I'm available to talk to you guys with any questions you guys may have. Um, those of you guys who asked me for contracts last week and I did not get it back to you yet, please remind me. I apologize. I've been busy. Send me those inquiries one more time if you want access to our LOIs or PSAs and I'll happily provide it to you. Actually, no, we're not offering the PSAs. We're offering the LOIs. And uh, I'll also offer the commission agreement if someone wants that. PSAs and assignment agreements, you're going to have to join our team. All right. With that being said, have an amazing, amazing weekend. Thank you all for watching, listening. I wish you only light, love, and happiness for you and your family and lots of wealth. Good luck.